All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Doable Discipleship. My name is Doug Jones, and that guy over there. I, okay, I never know if you're going to say my name or not. It's Jason Wheeland. Keep you guessing. It is. 112 episodes in, and I still keep you on yep, your toes. Still never sure. This is a Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your friendship with God, but we like God. The show that helps you grow. Uh, we want to start off telling you about a very special event. If you listened to our episode last week all the way through, then you heard about this once already. But let me say it again. We have our first ever Doable Discipleship live recording coming up on August 14th here at the Lake Forest campus in the Refinery Theater. You do not want to miss this thing. It is history-making. We've never done one before. Uh, join us. This is like a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Uh, I will we- say, if this is your first time hearing about it, for shame that you did not finish the episode last week. Yeah, you are in big trouble, Mr. or Miss or, or Mrs. Yeah, but whatever. Or dog that's listening. Uh, yeah, you always bring up the animals. You never know. Like the cat. People put their music on for their pets when they go out sometimes. It's true. We've got our good on. friend Todd Miles coming. Uh, he's flying down from Portland. He is a seminary professor up there. He's coming down. He's written a book called Superheroes. Sorry, that didn't get enunciated very well. Superheroes can't I, save you. It sounded fine to me, but... I felt like my, uh, I got a little tongue-tied there. Superheroes can't save you, and he has written this book all about some false ideas that people have about Jesus. And if you're a Christian, you're sitting there thinking, like, I don't have false ideas about Jesus. I know who Jesus is. I have a personal relationship with him. Like, you know, I, I know Jesus. Well, you actually might have a few misconceptions about him that you don't even know about. In fact, you probably do. And as I was reading his book, I remember thinking, oh, you know what? I've kind of flirted with some of these over the years. Like, And, and it was very, it wasn't like... Uh, like I was intentionally trying to misrepresent Jesus, but I, I, I had a few things mixed up in my mind, even even not that long ago. And a very, very fascinating book. So he looks at these false ideas about Jesus through the lens of comic book superheroes. It's very, very fun and interesting material. So you don't want to miss that. He's going to give a talk, and then Jason and I are going to interview him with some audience questions, which will come from you if you're there. Uh, so please make a point to show up for that. It's August 14th. It's from 7 to 9 p.m., in the Lake Forest Campus Refinery Theater. You can register for that by clicking the link in the show notes. Go there and register. Bring some friends. Uh, it doesn't cost anything, by the way. It's free. Just go ahead and register in advance so we know that you're, you'll be there and we kind of have a sense of how many people to expect and all that good stuff. Yeah, uh, and you may also get to hear yeah. some funny-sounding words like Apollinarianism. Yeah, you will. So, hey, always a good time. It's and, you know, if you can't be there oh, but you catch. still have a question... Send us your question, and in, in, in we may still be able to include it in the Q&A section. So you can send it to um, maturity at saddleback.com. Yeah, but we're going to prioritize the questions of the people that made it out. Well, we'll put a black dot on your question if you just email it. <laughs> like, this is like, bottom well, of the stack. If we, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, uh, yeah, I, I, I know say. what you're going to say is, <laughs> okay. is we are going to be releasing these episodes... Uh, and that conversation, as as uh, as two episodes immediately following the event, or not immediately following the two weeks yeah. after the event, um, and it's also going to be streamed live. Yes, at saddleback.com/slash 
Conference. Uh, I'll get back to you on that. Yeah, uh, the, it'll be. We'll, we'll get it stuck into the. Uh, but just know it will be link. available. It will be available live, live stream. stream. So if you go to another Saddleback campus, it's not Lake Forest, and uh, you want to, you know, maybe do this with your small group, or if you want to, you know, just hassle your campus pastor and get him to, you know, open the doors for you so you can come and do a viewing of the, the event that night. There's so many options. We'll be live streaming it. You should tune in or come and join us in person. We'd love to have you. That is all. That being okay now. Uh, what you've all been waiting for. <laughs> part two of our two-part series on Christian cliches. We've been wanting to do this series for a long time. We've talked about it, yeah, definitely. We finally got around to and, it. And um, so last week, just as a recap, we talked about... Uh, we keep promising fruit of the Spirit. We never I, do that. Well, I but keep we did wanting get to. Cliches. <laughs> we got to get our priorities straight. Maybe that'll be our January series. Maybe. It's good, good promising that, though. I said know. maybe. Okay. Okay. Heavy on the maybe. Um, so last week we talked about uh, everything happens for a reason. We talked about the Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it. And we talked about when God closes a door, he opens a window. <laughs> yep. So Chuckled about that one, too. We chuckle about a, a bunch of these. This one... Okay, so uh, first off, we're going to be talking, um, or, or I, should, I should say our first cliche of today is, God told me, dot, dot, dot. Ellipsis. Ellipsis. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's just the phrase, God told me, as a start of whatever you're about to say. Yeah. Uh, we want to start this off with a warning. This is your warning. If you use these three words... Or any words that are synonymous with them. Great point. Like God said or yeah. whatever. Uh, you are playing with fire, okay? Uh, it's becoming pretty common, actually. And not in like a cool Cirque du Soleil way. Like not in a, like a in fire a, breather, like in Aladdin. In a YouTube fail video kind of way. Yes, uh-huh. that's that's good. Did you see the one of that kid who was going to like skateboard down that little rock thing and his buddy poured gasoline all over his pants? He was going to go down with his pants this. on fire. Oh. And they lit him on fire and he freaked out and he went running all around and they're trying Did to they put the fire Did they call him liar? I know, it very much was a pants on fire. <laughs> like, if he told a lie before this, then, ooh, poetic oh, justice. Oh, perfect. Uh, but it was just and the yet foolishness of youth. Fire. Oh, so, so good. Okay. Anyway, playing with fire in the bad sense. Yeah. Um, it's it's becoming very, very common to hear people say things like, I was having my quiet time the other day, and God said, and... Uh, oh, get a chill. Y- yes. Now, you you may not have considered this, but when you say things like that, you are claiming to be a prophet. And I'm not joking about that. Yeah, no, uh, that's literally what a prophet is. It's literally what a prophet is. A prophet is a person who speaks on behalf of God. So when you say, God told me, you are quite literally claiming a gift of prophecy, a prophetic gift. And, and prophecy is a legitimate gift of the Spirit. Yes. But it should not be taken lightly and you do not qualify as a prophet simply because you say you you are. Right. <laughs> yeah. That, that's not how our gifts work. <laughs> right. Um, sometimes saying God told me is, is just a fancy way of saying I got a feeling or, or I got a sense or... Yeah, I got kind of an impression. I got an impression. I felt led. Like, these kind of different things. Right. Um, let's go to Scripture. 1 John 4, 1 says, Dear friends... Do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. Mm-hmm. 
So the Bible outlines, uh, you know, clear criteria that test a prophet's legitimacy. And you might want to go study those on your own time. You can study those, study those in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. I mean, obviously, the one we just read, 1 John 4, 1, is from the New Testament. But check out Deuteronomy 18.20. If you want to get a sense of whether God takes prophecy seriously, this, this one kind of drives it home. He says, But a prophet who presumes to speak in my name anything I have not commanded, or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods, is to be put to death. Kind of rough. Kind of kind of rough. Yes. Yeah, so, in, in essence, woe to the person who dares to put words in God's mouth. We should uh, also note you cannot test if a person is a prophet by seeing if they weigh the same as a duck. Is that a that old, is from witches? That is witches. That's, oh, okay, it's from that's another Monty Python. We've got two oh, references yes. in I think three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Anyway, putting words in God's mouth, bad, bad idea. Now I can already hear you saying, "Hey, I have a personal relationship with God, and I do feel like God speaks to me." Look, fair enough. That's fine. I get that. Very often I feel nudged by God or feel something impressed on my heart that I feel like I must act on or say or respond to. But that's not the same as God told me. God told me is a very uh, important um, prophetic phrase. Especially when you read the Old Testament, you'll hear those words, this is what the Lord says again and again and again. Prophet Isaiah, Prophet Ezekiel, Daniel. You'll hear prophets saying that phrase it's a powerful important phrase and when you when you when you claim to speak on behalf of god you better make sure you actually are so like with me personally you will probably never hear me utter those words as long as i live and it's not because i don't have a close relationship with god it's because i know god takes his word very seriously and that it was his spoken word the logos in the greek that brought the universe into being so unless i know for sure that God has authorized me to speak on his behalf, you will hear me be much more conservative with my statements about him. The most you'll probably ever hear me say is things like, I felt God is, or I feel like God's impressing this on my heart, or I feel like God's urging me to say this. And that's the spirit in you too that right. is ringing this. Yeah. You'll, feel, you'll feel those impressions, but an impression is not the same as God said. To say that God said means God has given me a specific message to share. And that is a lofty thing to claim. If you really do have the spiritual gift of prophecy, then by all means. But if you're not sure that you do, um, that's something you want to be very, very careful with because lots of terrible things have been done by people in God's name throughout history. And it's because, oftentimes, because people falsely or carelessly claim to speak on behalf of God. And when they do that, they're entering very, very dangerous waters indeed. So... Uh, be very careful with that word, God told me. Use it judiciously and only if you really know God told you that. Second one. This is a, this is a popular one. This yes, is a big it is. One. I think I've even said it plenty of times, like, but kind of tongue in cheek. I don't think I've ever heard you say it, but. Well, you're about uh, to hear me say it there we go. right now. <laughs> I'm too blessed to be stressed. <laughs> this is a fun one. Why and, is it know, fun? It's fun because it rhymes. Yes. It, it, the, the best cliches are the ones that rhyme. They're just... Too oh, blessed so. to be stressed in the pizza press. <laughs> I haven't heard that variant. That's oh. really good. There you go. Now, when somebody says this, uh, they mean that God has been so good to them that they simply don't feel any worry or stress, at least at, least at the moment, at least when they say it. Uh, here's it's the question, though. It's a Hakuna Matata-y. It's a little bit of a Hakuna Matata. 
but the question is, is this a harmless cliche or is it a little misleading? Should we avoid it? Jason, what do you think? Well, um, let's just break it down. And then I will let our listeners determine. You be the judge. It's, a, it's certainly a good thing for a person to remain focused on God's blessings rather than on the things that stress them out. Sometimes it can be easy to forget all of the blessings that we have. Yeah. Um, and, and no one wants to be dominated by fear or, or anxiety. Uh, but here, here's where we hit a minor problem. This cliche subtly propagates the myth that if you're a good Christian, you'll feel happy all the time uh, and will never feel anxious. It also implies the opposite. That would be the transferable property? Transformative property? Uh, it's a math I phrase, and that's <laughs> not my strong suit. Look at me for math. You better look on. <laughs> um, so if it means the opposite, that's basically saying if you do feel stressed, you probably aren't a very good Christian. Uh, so to you, this this may f- it might be nothing more than a cute and innocent saying, but for someone who suffers from serious anxiety or a person who might be going through a particularly hard chapter in life, this kind of cliche can actually be very discouraging. Uh, and as as it is with so many cliches, this one really it, it really is an oversimplification. Because real life is so much more complicated than the saying suggests of just too blessed to be stressed. Um, Let's look at Jesus. Uh, Has there ever been a more, quote, blessed person on the face of the earth? He is the Messiah. Yeah, (laughs) the answer is no. (laughs) The Son of God. (laughs) And yet he still felt extreme stress throughout his ministry. And the greatest example of this intense stress can be found in the Garden of Gethsemane, as Jesus contemplates the suffering that he must endure on the cross. He prays in agony. He is weeping, and he's asking his Father to find some other way. And he pleads with his disciples to stay with him and pray for strength. This is... This is an absolutely unbearable amount of stress and responsibility, and uh, I don't remember the passage where Jesus just said, (laughs) ah, too blessed to be stressed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. when he's in the wilderness being tempted by the devil. You know what? I'm a little hungry, but too blessed to be stressed, devil. Get out of here. (laughs) Oh, that's another cliche we could have done. Not today, Satan. Not today. (laughs) (laughs) Satan's like, well, I'll be here tomorrow, too. I like that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's really, it's just, <laughs> it's just getting to this idea of stressors will t- certainly come in yeah. life. There yeah. are things in life that stress us and, 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 and should at times. Yeah. Um, it's not a sign of, uh, of your weakness in your faith. Um, and because we can look at Jesus and see how he was stressed, and he certainly was not weak in his faith. Yeah. Um, anyway, finish this one off, Doug. Now, I, I'll add to that. It's certainly true that, you know, with with stronger faith comes at least some reduction in stress. The more we, like, recognize our identity in Christ and we are, you know, living freer from sin and making better choices and walking closer with God, that certainly, that certainly can yeah. be a major stress reducer. But this idea that just because you're living a blessed life that you're that you're impervious to stress is just it sets up a false a false standard. I, I, I know I, I know that I am blessed. But when I'm drive trying to find parking in downtown LA, 
One of the worst things anyone the can ever do. The stress still comes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, if you find yourself using this particular cliche, you might also want to update your definition of the word blessed. A lot of people, when they think of the word blessed, they just think happy. Because often, like the Beatitudes, the blessed are those who, etc. passage has been kind of whittled down to, to mean only happier are those. But, but if you look at the Bible as a whole, that, that term blessed actually means a lot more than just being happy. The prophet Isaiah said that Jesus, using you know, the Jesus example again, said that he would be a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. And he certainly was, as we talked about just a second ago in the Garden of Gethsemane and as he was approaching the cross. And not only then, by the way, there were other moments where he was heartbroken because so many mm-hmm. of his followers had left him. He turns to his disciples and says, are you going to leave me too? There's clear pain in his voice when Jesus looks out over Israel and says, I, I, all this time I've wanted to gather you up like a, like a hen gathers her chicks, but you wouldn't let me. Jesus is heartbroken by that. You know, when, when uh, Jesus approaches the tomb of Lazarus and Jesus wept, Jesus felt stress. So it's not as though being a blessed person eliminates the possibility for stress, if that makes sense. So to live a blessed life in the kingdom, uh, or to live a blessed life, rather, is about having a kingdom-oriented life that's pleasing to the Lord. But it won't always be happy every moment of every day. And when we go around kind of putting like a false happiness on our face, it can be a little bit misleading and discouraging for others, as we've already said. So, too blessed to be stressed? Uh, I say the best time to use that that one is a bit... A tongue in cheek when you're yeah. obviously very stressed. Yeah, and you have a little. And fun somebody with asks it. you how you're doing, you say, ah, "Too blessed to be stressed." <laughs> yeah, through your clenched <laughs> teeth. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. All right, so what have we covered so far? God told me stay away from that one. Please just be careful, unless you're a legit prophet. Stay away from that. And I'm too blessed to unless be stressed. You're a legit prophet. I just love that qualifier. <laughs> well, look, look, prophecy. I as know. Said, it's I a, just, it's a real gift of the spirit, and I do not deny that. Yeah. Uh, but just be careful. Make sure you know you are. Make sure you have your duck handy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> see, see the earlier portion of our conversation <laughs> for an explanation of that comment. All right. <laughs> Third cliche of the day. This is a this is an oldie but a goodie. Uh, it's don't be so heavenly minded that you're of no earthly good. This this one is pretty popular and it feels like it goes way back. When people say it. They mean that we should not be so preoccupied with the things of heaven that we become distracted from doing good while we're still here on the earth. But is that even a real concern? Obviously, believers shouldn't just sit around daydreaming about heaven all day. And honestly, does anyone even do that? Like, I've never known anybody who's, who's so heavenly-minded that they're no earthly good. I don't Monks? think that's a thing. Yeah, maybe, but even they, but even even they do good unto their neighbor. Making and, stuff, yeah. yeah. There's still there's still activity even in I don't in that know. kind of life. I don't yeah, know. It's wonky. Does. Well, it turns out that when we look at the Bible, and in particular in the teachings of Jesus, we are we are told to do the exact opposite of this cliche. Yeah. Uh, so we're just gonna we're just gonna make this. We're, I, I lost my train of thought. Get it. So <laughs> moving on. We're gonna debunk Jesus this. Te- thing. Yeah, that's the word. Jesus tells us to devote as much attention as possible to the kingdom of heaven. He was he was constantly saying things like seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness or uh don't store up don't <laughs> don't store up treasures on earth but in heaven instead. In fact, and we've talked about this before, but mm-hmm. 
The kingdom of heaven was the dominant topic of Jesus' teaching. Yeah, it is important for us to clarify what Jesus meant when he talked about the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God, which, by the way, are synonymous. See, we have a shrunken picture of the kingdom of heaven, and we often just think of it as the ethereal place where Christians go after they die. We think, oh, heaven is 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 that is that place in the sky mm-hmm. where I will, you know, get to fly around with my I don't know. It's like in the cartoon when somebody drops dead and like their their ghost gets up out of their body and just like yeah, yeah. up to the clouds. Yeah, like all dogs go to heaven. Yes. Um, exactly. <laughs> when Jesus talked about the kingdom, he was referring to the entire realm where free creatures obey the will of God. In other words, the kingdom of heaven is present wherever God's people live in obedience to him. So this is why Jesus says things like the kingdom of God is already among you, which he says in Luke 17, 21. So we're just reframing what it means to be kingdom-minded or, or, or heaven-minded, if you will. Exactly. According to Jesus' teaching, being heavenly-minded is actually the only way to be of any earthly good. Yeah. That it was actually a focus on the kingdom of heaven that made you useful for the kingdom of heaven here on earth. And, I, and, and like Jason was saying, that's a big, important thing for us to clarify, that the kingdom of heaven is not this far-off thing. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It is among you. Mm-hmm. It is here with you. The kingdom of heaven has come to earth. <clears throat> so when it comes, to, you know, when we come to grips with the fact that the way we live now has everlasting implications for the kingdom of heaven, it ought to motivate us to operate differently here on earth. And Jesus even told his disciples that they'd receive rewards in heaven for the sacrifices they made on earth, that you can begin investing in the kingdom of God here and now, living for the kingdom of God here and now, without having to die first. <laughs> Luke 12, 31 through 33 says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to those in need. This will store up treasures for you in heaven. So I hope you're seeing the connection here. Jesus is saying, do these behaviors now, like sell your possessions and give to the poor, be, be, you know, show love to the people around you here and now, because these things will store up for you treasures in heaven. Jesus doesn't see a strong distinction between the lives we're living here and now and the kingdom of heaven, which is now and to come. So in other words, if we are truly heavenly-minded in the way that Jesus meant, we'll actually become more earthly-minded as well, because the kingdom of God is among us. It's at hand. It's here. It's now. It's with us. Does that make sense? So makes sense to me. If anybody ever says, don't be so heavenly minded, you're of no earthly good, be like, that's not a thing. (laughs) No one does that. (laughs) Nobody who's truly heavenly minded in the way that Jesus was is of no earthly good. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, I'll I'll tack this one other thing on. Please do. I believe it's Hebrews that says this. I have to check it out. I have to fact check this later. But anyway, there's a passage where it actually says that it was because of the joy set before him that Jesus endured the cross. And if you read in Philippians chapter 2 as well, you have this picture that Jesus set aside his divine, some of his divine power. Hebrews 12, yes, I thought I was right. Um, anyway, Philippians 2 says something similar. It talks about yeah. how Jesus laid aside his, his divine rights and became as a slave and humbled himself even to death, and that it's because of his sacrifice that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 
that Jesus actually did what he did on earth because of his uh, commitment to the kingdom of heaven. So again, it's a false dichotomy to say that if I love heaven, I will turn my I, I will ignore the work that needs to be done here on earth or vice versa. Okay? Get it? Got it. Good. <laughs> Let's talk doables. Yeah, that was our foray into Christian cliches. Uh, Our doables for this episode, we're going to bookend this episode. Come and join us with our live event. Yes, come back. I want to add one more thing. We should have said this at the very beginning. Wow. There's a lot of Christian cliches out there. I would love to see those in the comments if you're watching on YouTube. (laughs) Tell us the other cliches that you've heard that are real real good ones. We'd love to check those out. And maybe we'll uh, we'll, uh, examine those cliches in future episodes. Anyway, yes, do join us for the live event. Click the link in the show notes, August 14th, 7 to 9 p.m. Todd Miles. Our new friend, Todd Miles. can't save you. It's going to be a really great night. First ever live event. Don't miss it. You're not, you are no friend of Doable Discipleship if you're not, if you're within driving distance and you're not there. Just imagine waking up on August 15th and being, oh, I forgot. (laughs) Last night's event. You don't want to be that person. You don't want that sort of stress on you it's a and, Groundhog Day and situation. you can't say too blessed to be stressed anymore we talked about that i'm so too stressed to be blessed don't endure that suffering on the <laughs> yeah. 15th put yeah. it in your calendar now not to mention jason will cry he's a sensitive sensitive guy as you probably guessed. i take every empty seat personally <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway <laughs> good enough now Uh, We love you. Thanks for listening or uh, watching on YouTube if that's what you're doing. We'll see you next Tuesday. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of video content. And if you're already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcasts on Apple Podcasts or your favorite app, so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com doable to check out all our previous episodes. And go to saddleback.com grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question just might inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Doug Jones, and I hope you'll join us again next week.